any expectations really for Arsenal to win today. Um, I think it's the manner of the performance that perhaps hasn't surprised people um, or essentially the the way the game has gone. Um, I haven't had a chance to make any notes. As I say, when you do a watch along, you just go from one to the other. It's quite hard to do. Um, but let's kick it off. Uh, I'll start with you, Richard. When the lineup come out, um, obviously, Bamiyan was back on the bench uh, from COVID. Um, I, I, I don't think there was any real shocks. I don't think anybody really expected to see him in the lineup. Uh, and Martinelli going in at top and Ben White, again, struck down with with, with COVID or so we're told. Um, what was your initial thoughts? Was you feeling positive or did, did the alarm bells ring sort of off the bat? Well, it wasn't really our team that concerned me. Like you said, with who we had available, we couldn't have done any much else. We look at our bench. There wasn't anyone else on the bench that could have come into the starting lineup to have made it any stronger. And that's, this is what we've got at the moment, partly due to injuries and, and illnesses and partly due to uh, mismanagement of the squad for a, quite a long time. And this is what we're left with. Um, I was my way when I saw the Chelsea team because their bench would have walked into our starting eleven. Every single one of them on their bench was better than our starting players, pretty much man for man. And that's a worry. When you looked at our bench, my, my worry was if we're losing this game, we've got no one on the bench to come on and try to turn it around, give us hope that we could turn it around. Um, apart from Aubameyang, and we know he's not been exactly the most reliable player for us over the last year anyway, has he, with his performances and lack of goals and yeah. stuff like that. So that was what worried me. We had the, the starting eleven was the strongest eleven that we had available. We couldn't any have arguments with that at all. It's just clearly not good enough. That's the problem. It's not good enough against Chelsea. It's not good enough against Brentford. Who's it going to be good enough against? I haven't got a clue. Looking at the way things are at the moment, I can't see anything to be optimistic about with, with this squad, even with the players we've got missing. Who, who that's missing would have come into the first team and improved it today. Ben White, he didn't have a great game last week. Would he have done any better against Lukaku? I'm not sure. You know, Lacazette, would he have been more of a threat up front? Did we even get the ball up front enough to give him anything to work off? Probably not. You know, and when you look for all the players that are out, who would have come in? And Thomas Partey, maybe, if he's fit, possibly could have, could have helped slightly. But even then... You, I can't see that the result would have been any different if we'd had our strongest 11 players in our squad playing today. I still don't think the result would have been any different because Chelsea were 10 levels above us at least. Yeah, and I think they didn't even need to be 10 levels above us. I think no. that I felt as though they they had certainly had another gear or two to, to yeah. kick into if they needed. And I think that the scoreline coming out 2-0 is flattering for Arsenal. Yes, we had a couple of chances, which we'll discuss. But um, on another day, that could, have, that could have been really, really embarrassing today. Um, I'll yeah. come to you, Andrew, um, in response to obviously Richard's uh, mentioned there about the squad um, and, and, and the, you know, not being able to be improved. Um, are you obviously have not spoken to yourself before on the channel? Um, how are you feeling? Was you feeling coming into this in regards to what Arsenal have done in the summer? Are you feeling optimistic that this youth project that we're kind of being sold is, is going to bear fruit or, or have we left it a little bit too late? <sighs> I, I, I like the uh, the fact that we're buying younger players for a start, rather than the Williams and the David Luizes. First, we've heard nonstop that um, a lot, yeah, the signings in Tavares and Laconga aren't starters, and we've only improved the starting eleven by adding Ben White. And um, you know, it's just gone on and on and on about. Uh, the people that we bought, but what would we have done without the Conga and uh, well, and obviously Tavares came on today as well um, when Kieran Tierney was injured. So that's a positive <laughs> that we are using these players straight away, and the Conga looks really tidy. 
he yeah. will imp- he's only going to get better i really really like him as a there player there was a couple of balls wasn't there in the first half oh, he sprayed out which is quite nice so he's got it in his locker beautiful. we can see that he's got talent beautiful yeah and when, when he gets settled and uh, and builds up his um you know his match fitness of playing in the premier league as well which is a big difference for him and he bulks up a bit as the as the season progresses and uh, and, and moves forward he's going to be a real player for us he really is um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be interested to see what happens when Thomas Partey does come back, whether he's going to actually carry on playing. Um, mm-hmm. That's going to be an interesting one because at the moment it'd be very unlucky to be left out. But going back to what your initial question was, I wasn't, I wasn't uh, expecting anything from this game. In fact, um, you know, I do the super six and um, I've got the extra game on the super six now where you can do it on the one game, haven't you? And I, I put us losing three, one, uh, I put us, Losing two 0 at half time, got that one correct. Um, so I wasn't Henching expecting your bets. Too a lot much. of people, a lot of people do it, Andrew, on my watch along. So we have the virtual currency, the Canon coins, and, and everybody comes in and gambles these coins. And today, everybody was just like, "Yeah, lump it on Chelsea." Like, you know, at least I mm. get something for it, although it's not real money. But I think that that is it. That is the fan base. We we done a poll on the stream the other day. Eighty nine percent of you guys in the chat said that you thought we would lose. Sixty four percent felt as though we may be able to get a bit of a hammering, and I think. I wasn't thinking personally that we were going to get hammered. I felt like Arteta could, it was obviously he was going to try and set us up to contain break and be clinical. Um, and being clinical is something that we just, you can't relate to Arsenal over the last 18 months, really. You know, and a lot of that is down to Aubameyang not finding his shooting boots. But today you can't blame him because he weren't on the pitch. Um, mm. I, I just feel as though, you know, you're right what you're saying. We were, we were never favourites for this game. But I think what we were looking for was a performance or something to make us feel, do you know what? Yes, we've been beaten by a better team. Yes, we've been beaten by potentially the champions or title candidates. But there is something to build upon. Um, you know, Dan, did you see anything today that made you feel as though, you know, Arteta is starting to get a grip with this team, even though he's had a preseason? Because I'll, I'll be straight with you, mate. You know, in the chat and everywhere and probably on your timeline, um, it's it's all about Arteta. It's all about Arteta and Arteta out, which um, I'm going to talk about Kronk in a minute. I will come on to that. But... Do you do you do you feel as though you know we're getting to that point now where it's hard to really say Arteta needs more time? Um, first of all, I think well, my immediate take from the game, uh, Smith Rowe. Well, the positives I can focus on: Smith Rowe was superb. Uh, Lukonga looked very assured in the midfield. Um, it kind of ends there, if I'm being honest. Um, we've got no luck with injuries whatsoever. Now, what's that Tierney and Martinelli going off? Um, what happened not, with Tierney? I missed that. Did, can you guys he, tell me? He, I he missed just, it. What? It seemed to be he was he was looking at his knee and his ankle and extending the knee, so it was something in and around that kind of area. Um, but if yeah, if I'm being honest, um, extremely disappointing result. Um, but in regard to Arteta, um, I know a lot of people will be kind of calling for his head now, and completely respect the the opinions and the the views of fans who aren't for Arteta and want him to go. But I feel like if you're saying now that Arteta needs to go based off that performance, I think that's too reactionary for my liking because that team um, kind of along the lines of a little bit what Richard was saying, um, he, he said he believed that if certain players came back into that side, it wouldn't be much of a difference. But I do believe that with certain players, I've made some notes here, I said that we've still got Gabriel, Ben White, Thomas Partey, Lacazette and Erdegaard to come into this team. And had all of those players been starting today, I'm not saying we would have won, but I think we would have at least gone a bit more toe-to-toe with Chelsea um, in in that game. So I believe that it is a tough one to swallow, but we just need to kind of 
just kind of take it and move to move on and um i think yeah there's just some points we, we can't really take much from the game but i think we just need to get all of our team back and then once we've got as close to that as possible i think then you can make a fair judgment on arteta because pablo mari got absolutely bullied today and um in my opinion he shouldn't be anywhere near that starting 11 um like again nothing against the guy but he's just not good enough for this football club um and just the way Lukaku just went about against uh, Pablo Mari and Rob Holding, it was just, it was just embarrassing in some moments. So, um, yeah, like I said, tough one to swallow. But I think we just have to move on. As painful as it is against Chelsea, we have to move on and wait until we can get more of an established starting eleven um, in that team again. Dan, just yeah, just just yeah. quickly on on that point. Um, I was, Richard, before you speak, I was about to come to you because I know you were itching. So I'm going to open up the floor because I pretty much know where you're going to come from. So go go ahead. I mean, all I was going to say was Arteta's been at the club 18 months, right? We he, he's brought players in, or players have been brought in in his time there. Some of yeah. them have done okay, some of them haven't, mm-hmm. and we haven't seen any improvement. No matter what eleven he picks, we haven't seen any improvement in the performances today. That could have been a game from last season. It could have been a game from the end of the season before. No, nothing's improved. So, so you're saying get all these players into the team. Get all the players into the team and they still won't have a clue what they're doing. They haven't got any plan. We still can't defend properly as a team. We, mm. we don't attack crosses into the box. We're not mm. getting... We haven't got the players to play Arteta's system and he's too stubborn to change the system to suit the players. And this mm. has been going on for 18 months. It's not just a thing for now. It's not just because we've had eight players out today. Yeah. I don't believe that having those eight players in well, with this coach is going to make any difference to how we play and subsequently our results overall. Yes, we can't compete with Chelsea. Let's not let's yeah, not yeah. pretend we can. They're much better than us. Miles ahead of us. Let's forget about them. You know, City next week are going to destroy us as well. Let's be clear. But in you know, we're competing against the teams in the middle of the table, aren't we? We're competing against Aston Villa and we're competing against Wolves and teams like that. That's that, that where we judge ourselves on. But ultimately, mm-hmm. I don't care what players, what out of this squad of players that we've got, 25, 28 players, whatever they are, whatever 11 Arteta picks, we're going to be, we're used to these performances now. And bringing these other players, Gabriel's too inexperienced. Look, Lukaku would have bullied him all over the pitch. He would have bullied Ben. Ben White got bullied by um, Ivan Tony. Lukaku's a much better player than Ivan Tony. So there's no way he would have been any made any difference today. You know, you're looking at Thomas Partey in midfield. Yes, possibly. Who would he have played ahead of? Probably would have played ahead of Lukonga, who was our best player in midfield anyway. So mm-hmm. I don't see how... That that makes that doesn't make me think I'll oh, get these eight players in suddenly we'll play better. No, get a different manager in. Look what happened with Chelsea. They've bought one player under Tuchel, which is Lukaku. They won mm. the Champions League. They, they were not far ahead of us at Christmas when we beat them with Lampard. The same players are playing better because they've got a manager who knows what he's doing, can organise them and get the best out of them. And if we have that, we will improve our results and our performances regardless of what eleven players out of our squad get picked. We'd have to accept that we've got a squad of players that's probably only top six at best, maybe top eight, top ten. But with mm. a better manager who can organise them better, can coach them better and can get more out of them, we could potentially challenge for the top six with this same group of players. Okay. Well, Andrew, let me let, let me bring Andrew in here. What's your thoughts on this in regards to um, Richard mentioned? Obviously, yeah, we can you know get rid of Arteta. Do you think that we would? Did you think this squad would would actually bounce back? Because we never got the we never got the new manager bounce with Arteta. We never got it with Freddie. And some you know some clubs get that. Do you think that um, a new manager? And it's hard to speculate because we don't know who that man would be. But do you think the, the squad have got that character where we would see that initial boost? And then obviously, once the new manager gets time and you know time on the training ground with that them players, um, would we see an improvement? And if so, how far do you think? Let's just let's let's just say Conte, right? Because he's a name that a lot of people are mentioning. How much further do you think we could potentially get if that if that happens? 
I totally agree with everything that Richard's just said, to be perfectly honest, which is the first, actually, Richard, so well done. It is, actually, um, yeah. Good. <laughs> um, but uh, I think uh, we would improve overnight if we got a decent manager. Look, look what happened to, to Chelsea under um, Tuchel when, when they let, got rid of Lampard. They literally changed like that overnight. And we've, we've not got really terrible players. We've got some, but the manager keeps playing them. And that's the problem. And, and he can't see the blindingly obvious during a game and make those changes to actually make it better. Mm. I mean, we were being ripped apart down the our left, their right, and he didn't do anything throughout the whole game to make that any any better no. at all. Uh, he can't seem to make those changes. And, and, he, and like Richard said, he's too stubborn to probably do that anyway. And we're not playing to our players' strengths. We're not uh, utilising the players in our squad to their best of their abilities. And so I think that getting someone in who actually knows what he's doing, who's been there and done that and won trophies, someone like Conte, like you said, would automatically make a difference overnight by getting the players organised. And I think a lot of the players that we brought in have got, which is why I said earlier that I like that sort of um, the way that we're, we are recruiting at the moment and bringing in those younger players is because they're hungry. They really want to succeed at Arsenal. They're not, we're not bringing in Willians who have already been there and done that and see Arsenal as a come down for them and just to, well, yeah. to sort of bump up their salary. We're actually bringing in yeah. players that are desperate to succeed. So if we brought in yeah, a manager... You, you want, you want, you want like players that. that are motivated. And I think we... Yeah. You know, I, I mentioned on the watch-along, towards the end of the game, it felt as though when we realised that there's not enough time to score two goals, it felt like the team actually sort of almost elevated that level. Like there was a bit, an element of pressure off to say, do you know what? Let's just go gung-ho. You know, Taveras came on and, and, and you know, looked um, wanted to get about. Um, he looked a little bit shaky in a couple of moments, but I thought, you know, he, you know, he came into a tricky situation. Um, Aubameyang looked lively when he was on, but again, you can't read too much into it of him, you know, after a couple of minutes. But one of the points I've made, I'll, I'll come to you on this one, Dan, is that what I've what I've come to notice with with Arsenal, certainly under Arteta's reign, and is that do you remember when Emery was here? We were we were second half FC, weren't we? Um, we'd always come out in the second half, and we would, um, you know, you'd see an immediate impact. And the amount of games we turned round, I don't know the statistics, so perhaps someone in the chat, or one of you guys, will tell me I'm wrong here. But the impression I get by watching, I feel as though at half time, not much ever changes. And as soon as we get a bit of adversity. So actually, I was talking to watching on. I even I was even talking about how positively we were playing, and I was just about to say the only problem is is when we concede, our heads drop. And then literally before I said it, we conceded. But what I find is that once something goes against us, or we huff and puff and we we press, and then the press gets released. Once we don't get the sort of our our, our just desserts, if you want to call it that, it's kind of like well, we'll wait till half time. It was like, you know, as soon as we conceded, it felt as though, let's just try and keep it to 1-0 to half time. We'll get in, we'll regroup, we'll speak, and then something will change. But Dan, do you ever see any changes at half time? Because I, I don't see much ever happening. No, it was it was a poor um, second half. I mean, I expected a lot more um, of a reaction and kind of to come out. And uh, I don't know, my, my whole point on the Arteta thing was, again, completely respect your guys' opinions on this and... Um, I know that there's Arteta. Obviously, it's not a great moment for the colour at the moment. We're not blind to see that. But um, just the whole thing with Arteta, I think the whole point for me is if it's not Antonio, Antonio Conte we're replacing him with, I don't really see anyone out there that I see that would come in and make that kind of immediate um, impact to make that change. Um, I would love to see Conte. He's probably the, the one guy that I'd be like, yes, I'd have confidence in him to come in and do a better job. But I think for me with Arteta, this, this season... 
where there's no excuses, there's no holding back. He's had that pre-season. He's got all the time of his players. He's been backed again in the market. Like So for me, by the end of the season, we would have been able to see engage full. In, in my opinion, we would have, that would have been sufficient to see then what Mikel Arteta can do with this squad. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, Dan, you've got a lot more years on your uh, side than Andrew, Richard and I. We, we're not willing to wait, you know, 17 years for a title. And obviously, I spoke with you yesterday on your channel. Uh, Arsenal Varvel, guys, make sure you check it out. Did a video with Dan yesterday. Uh, my 1 to 11. It was really enjoyable. We were talking about uh, my favourite players of all time and I built a first 11. Um, so, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll link that down below later and it's on Twitter anyway for you to click it. So do check that out. But yeah, time time goes, you know, years, yeah. the, the months turn into years. And trust me, as you get older, it, it, it only speeds up. You know, I look at us now and, you know, I get the logic about time and, you know, but time is the most valuable asset in the world. And you don't, not many managers get that in football. And, and, and Arteta has had a lot more than I think other, you know, he would have got at many other clubs. Um, Richard, if, uh, if Arteta had been at Chelsea, he would have been gone long ago, wouldn't he? It, it wouldn't even, it would never have made this season. No, I mean, he would have probably have gone, actually, the season we won the FA Cup because we finished eighth in the league. Do you remember when they got rid of, um, yeah. of Conte, funnily enough, and they won the FA Cup and came fifth? So he wouldn't yeah. have lasted then. You know, because that's a club and that's an owner with ambition. Now, what I see from our transfer window is um, we are not improving the team for now. We're potentially improving the team for the next for two or three years down the line with these young players that are going to hopefully improve. And, you know, if they if things go the right way, um, Arteta's not going to be there for that process anyway. So it's all about, for me, it's about um, sale-on value for these players. You know, we've bought some of them fairly cheaply. If they do well at Arsenal, have a good season or two, they'll be sold on for a, for a profit. And then we haven't going to be stuck with all these players that we have done over the last few years. So the transfer policy isn't about improving the team to, to challenge and compete. It's about improving the business model that's gone to shit over the last two or three, four or five years with players that we've had to hold on to because they were massive contracts. They're in coming up to their 30s and we can't get rid of them. Now we've got a load of young players that we haven't really spent a lot of money on most of them. Ben White, the exception, of course, um, and maybe Ramsdale to a certain degree. But I think Ramsdale is going to be our number one goalkeeper for the next five, ten years, possibly. Um, but the rest of them... Well, certainly hope. That's what they're banking on yeah, because if he it, comes yeah. in and doesn't deliver... He's going to be under a pressure. You know, we've got a problem, yeah. haven't we? Yeah, and then obviously what happened is then, should, my, my issue with that is really that if Ramsdale is brought in as the number one, eventually if he becomes the number one, he gets in the team and plays well, Leno won't want to stay being number two. And then we'll be stuck in the same situation of leading another goalkeeper again in a year's time because we'll still only have one number one goalkeeper, which will be Ramsdale, and Leno will be out the door because he won't stay. So that doesn't make a lot of sense from that side of it, but I guess we did need another goalkeeper. So... That's that problem solved for the time being. But all our signings are about the future. And I think they're about future sell-on value as opposed to future success on the pitch. If we were serious about being a, a successful team now or competing with teams like Chelsea on the pitch, we would have brought in one or two more experienced players to help these young players along and give them a bit more leadership and a bit more experience. We've, we've got David Luiz has gone. He was one of the experienced players that had that leadership and experience to help the young players. We haven't replaced him. 
We've replaced him in terms of personnel with Ben White, but not in terms of leadership and experience. We've got no leadership and experience really in midfield apart from Xhaka, and pretty much every Arsenal fan doesn't want Xhaka in the team. So put Lukonga and Partey, where's the leadership there? Nowhere. Ben White at the back's our big signing, no leadership there. Gabriel's a young kid. You know, Holding's not good enough. Mari's not good enough, right? No leaders there at all. Kieran Tierney may well be a, more of a leader character, but he's always injured. He's out again now. So he, he he's no good to us when he's injured. You then you go further up the pitch. Smith Rowe, 20 years old. Saka, 19 years old. They, they're not leaders yet. They're good players, great players for the future. And good players now, but they're not leaders that we need. Aubameyang's our captain... We don't know what's happening with him. He's not even there, is he, even when he plays? He did okay for five minutes today, done a tackle and then almost come through for a goal. But that's all he did in the 25 minutes he was on. So mm. he's not there. Where, where are the leaders? If we were serious about improving on last the last two seasons in the Premier League, we would have brought in at least one experienced player, in probably in midfield or in defence, to, to lead this team. And help us. Well, the club has doubled. Well, at the end of the day, Richard, the club's doubled down on Jacker. Which, whether you're a Jacker lover, hater, um, or whatever you are, I don't. I didn't see anybody saying I want him to have a new deal. There were people that were saying, Do you know what, he's yeah. he's better. You know, we're better with him. And, and I, there is an argument for that. I get that. But nobody was suggesting let's give him a new deal. You know, we haven't. There's no value to protect. Nobody's going to come in next year and no. say, "God, Jacker had a good year at Arsenal last year." No. Or oh, I'm interested. Here's twenty million. All we've done I mean, how is we've basically. We, we've we've just given him a nice tidy pay rise, and some I think it was you, Dan, or someone mentioned the other day that he's on for a he's going to be on for a testimonial if he sees out that contract. Yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll last out the end of his contract. And well, you I saw the way that Roma tried dealing with us, didn't you? The way Roma tried dealing with us, so like um, their offer was nine million plus six in add-ons, and like, oh yeah, we've got no money, but then they go spend forty on Tammy Abraham. So they know what they're going to try and deal with now with Arsenal and Shaka, don't they? They're just going to put some money there, and we'll, we'll just like. Well, if we accept to that, we just kind of be shooting ourselves in the foot. So I'm all for not being bullied in the transfer market, but yeah. there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a time and a place. And I don't think the Xhaka deal was the time to really say, right, right. with our chest out, we're not being bullied. There's other deals that we should have done that on. The money that we've given Xhaka for his pay rise, could we not have put that towards buying Basuma or somebody well, this like is that? It. I mean, that deal can Why be done. That do deal, that? Yeah, but why? Why not? I mean, this is, this is the question yeah. Arsenal fans are asking. Andrew, uh, Richard touched on the lack of ambition from the ownership. And again, I haven't a chance to speak to you about this. But um, before the game, there was a lot of talk about Cronky out protests this week. Um, I, I personally was at the last couple. I don't live near North London, so it's a bit of a trek. Couldn't make it today due to work commitments. Um, my understanding is that the, the protest just basically was non-existent. And, um, you know, <clears throat> how, do you, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like it's an opportunity missed or um, do you feel as though it's irrelevant? Because that's how a lot of people are feeling. I, uh, it's a tough one actually today because probably the sensible thing to do would be actually to wait until after the transfer windows close because we don't know who else we might bring in yet. Um, yeah. And they have put a lot of money into the club. What their problem is at the moment is not having an eye close enough. Now, I understand that Josh Cronkey was there today. In fact, I know he was because seeing the pictures. So if he can actually spend a lot more time with his eye and his ears close to the ground at the club and actually make some difficult decisions at, at some point, it's like, like the way I'm sitting at the moment is because I'm going to the, the match on Wednesday, the um, West Brom away. I honestly think that if I was a, the owner of the club and we lose that on Wednesday, I'll get rid of him. I'll sack him then. Because we've got two opportunities for silverware this season. Let's be realistic. Yeah. And that's one of them. 
And we all hear that success breeds success, which I do genuinely believe in. We've not won the League Cup since 1993. If he goes weak uh, with the squad on Wednesday and we lose, we should get rid of him then. Because what are we going for then next this season? Well, there's what nothing, there be for? no enjoyment. I said that earlier on the stream. That is the only bit of it, not excitement, but, you know, if you get a lucky draw, you know, sometimes City do, you know, City are always going to win it or be in the final. But, you know, sometimes, you know, your Liverpools might put out a weak team and get knocked out early. You can, you know, Tottenham nearly made the final last year without nearly, without playing. Any, actually, did they make the final? They did. So Tottenham yeah. got to the final. That was a league cup Yeah. Sorry. That's what we're on about, yeah. Yeah, 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 you know they they had a good run. They they beat Chelsea on penalties, and I think didn't they play Stoke in the semi? So you can get lucky. That would give us something to look forward to because there, Andrew, there isn't, is there? Really? No, because it, it, that's this the problem we've got with the Cronkies at the moment is not making decisions quickly enough and letting things drag. I've got the same. I've, I've said this a few times, and apologies to people that have heard this before. But I've, I've got the same feeling inside me the way I did in the second season under Unai, Unai Emery. It's, nothing is changing. I can't stand watching us play football. It's boring. We've got yeah. some really, really exciting players on the pitch. Regardless of who we've got missing at the moment, we can still play better than we are and actually have some shots at goal. You know what? Half-time statistics, you won't believe this, 33% of the ball for the whole of the first half was in Chelsea's defensive third. Well, it didn't feel like that. <laughs> exactly. What did we do with that I ball? think I saw the possession. I think it was, we had 37%. So, like, we didn't yeah. have the ball, but when we did have it, we were dilly-dallying and had no creativity or spark. We well, didn't know what to half, do with it. I was, I was watching Adrian Clark at half-time from Arsenal.com, and they showed the, the, the stat on the screen. 33% of the ball was in the Chelsea's defensive third, and we did nothing with it. And now, And that's not because we've got some crap players up that end of the pitch. They're not crap. They're actually really good, uh, technically gifted players. We all know they are. ESR, so I haven't got to name them all, but we know that they're very, very, very good players. But they're doing what they're told. They, they are surely doing what they're told because Arteta is micromanaging from the sidelines the entire game. And I watched the first half, uh, well, the whole of the game pretty much, apart from two or three points. Thomas Tuchel didn't go out to the technical area once. You know, he was Mate, just sitting he had there the because on the go. Deck chair well, exactly, was out for him because today. He let them get on with their their match, uh, the, what they've been training for the whole week. He let them get yeah. on with it. And Mike and Arteta is micromanaging and telling the players exactly what Unai Emery did. And I hated Unai Emery for that. Micromanaging players, telling them where to run, telling them where to stand at all points of the game. And I'll tell you what, if I played under either of those managers, well, let's just turn around and just twat them one because I'd be so annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> telling, yeah. just, just shut up and let me play my game. But do you know what it, it is? It might go in with that. With I mean that that's been levied at Arteta quite a lot about is he ham? You know, is it hamstrung the players? Is that the the, the, the term that's used? He is. I but, believe yeah, he is. but see the thing is in a non-COVID world, which is what he's been managing in, he can get those messages through Oof. to the players, and ultimately they would hear it. In realistically, obviously today it was it was radio silence as soon as that first goal went in. I mean somebody said it's library settings, and it's like well sadly it will be. I mean the fans are you know not in a great place. But maybe, in a weird sadistic kind of way, having fans there will block that signal. So potentially the, the players won't hear it and they'll just pretend not to hear. Um, Dan, what's your response to that? Because obviously, as I say, you know, there's nothing wrong with you disagreeing and being pro Arteta. Um, and it's not about you being pro Arteta. You're just looking at, you're trying to see the positives where maybe other people are struggling to see it. Do you feel as though potentially he is hindering the team or is it? do you think it's a case if he just doesn't trust them to do what he's telling them? So he feels as though... He's giving them instructions and they're not doing what he's asking. So he's like, right, I've got to tell him. But maybe, you know, there's an argument like Andrew said there is actually just let them get on with it like Tuchel does. 
Yeah, um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Um, it, it just, I, I don't know. I just personally feel this. This is just a, a tough one to swallow. His 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 techniques and how he does it as a manager will always just kind of um, be what he does. But um, I just feel like we just have to, unfortunately, just move on with this. And then I do believe we we will see better days when stronger, um, more players start to come back into the, into the team. And I do believe the likes of Odegaard will make a massive difference. And when Partey does come back and uh, to this side, I think that will make a huge difference because I, I you know you know already how much I rate Partey and his only um, downside has been his injury record, unfortunately. So um, yeah, which yeah, is so ironic because he had a perfect injury record before coming to Arsenal, and then obviously yeah, the Arsenal curse struck, didn't it? You know, yeah. Um, and, and Tierney, uh, Tierney getting injured today. I think. I mean, I, I said on the stream it was very copy and paste today. If you took the scoreboard off. Right. Forget that the opposite team are in blue. Just forget that for a second. Yeah. You could have watched that today and it was no different than what we've seen. And this isn't just and this isn't just in Arteta's reign. This goes back a number of years. Big game, London derbies, your United, your cities. We were never in that game, was we, Richard? It was literally Chelsea had us on the end of a something they could have us on the end of. <laughs> I don't know what to think of. But the reality was we were never actually truly in that game. And I think as though if we had nicked a goal, and we think about the chances we had, uh, Holden should have done better. There was an, a header there that you you know you should be testing the keeper. Um had we nicked a goal, do you feel as though Chelsea would have just put their foot down and gone, right, well that's we'll just we'll just we'll just go clear. Yeah, I mean Chelsea were in complete control of that game pretty much from the start to finish. Yeah, we had we we started pretty lively, got that shot away from Smith Rowe in the first minute or so. But after that, Chelsea were in complete control of that game. And I never ever felt at any point that we were even before they scored, we never looked like getting anything from that game because they were just better than us. One to eleven on that pitch, they were better than us. They were more organized than us. They were stronger physically than us. They were fitter than us and they had a plan and they knew what they were doing. And we didn't have any of that. Now, I, I admire Dan's um, optimism about Arteta. I do. And I admire his optimism with these players coming in and improving us. I'm not saying they're not going to help. Obviously, having better players in your team is going to surely help along the line. But we've had, you know, we've had party in the team last season. We, you know, all of these players have played last season, apart from obviously Ben White's the only one who's going to be playing regularly, probably, who didn't play last season. And we, we haven't seen anything to, to suggest that having part in the team today would have made it or any, anybody else. They aren't the problem. And, you know, Andrew said about the transfer window still open and we need to see if we get in. I've got to the point now where I don't care who we bring in as players because we are not going to play well as a team while we've got this coach. So I don't want us to spend any more money. We've just wasted, in my opinion, £130 million on players that maybe Arteta's wanted when he's not going to be around to see to develop that team because he's not good enough. So I don't and want the to next manager, the first thing he'll say is these aren't my players. And and the reality is, is there will be players that say, well, he's not good enough, not good enough. Yeah, That's did not Tuchel say that? When, when Tuchel came into Chelsea, did he say these aren't my players? No, he got on with the job and improved them. Right. And yes, they yeah. had better players than us to start with. Let's be clear about that. But that'll be what'll be used for excuses if we don't get better out of them. Though, won't yeah, it? but can I just jump in there? He took over the same players that, are, that Frank Lampard had and instantly improved them overnight. Yes, they're better players, but Frank Lampard couldn't get a tune out of them. They were no, disorganised. No, no, yeah, exactly. He exactly. turned them around overnight and, and got them, basically, yeah. if he had 10 more games, he would have won the league last season and he won the Champions League. He was that good. You know, so he can't be done with the same group of players. I think that's quite unusual. I think that's quite unusual. Like, I mean, if you can get someone as good as, or as, if there was a tutor on the market, like a, 
um, a Conte, 100%. If 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 but Arsenal Dan, why didn't we get a Tuchel then? Because Tuchel would we've 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 been we've, Tuchel's been available to us. So we if we were if we were uh, an ambitious club, we we could have got him before. This is he isn't, he isn't just come out of nowhere. This guy like he's been around the scene yeah, for yeah. a while now and he's been rated. For sure, yeah. But what I'm what I'm trying to say here is my point is like if we if like Arsenal came out and said. Antonio Conte, we're going to go for, go for him tomorrow. Or if David Ornstein or a big reporter said Arsenal are going for Antonio Conte, I would be all for it because I believe Antonio Conte would be a person that could push us to, with a give or take a few players, could push us eventually into that top four, into that kind of winning trophy kind of mentality. I just look out there and I just don't see people that are other than kind of Conte, who I don't think we would get, if I'm being honest. Um, honestly, I'd love to see him then. I'd love Arsenal to prove me wrong on that, but um, again, anyone in the chat, if you could tell me anyone that's kind of available now that would would um, come into the club and you'd love to see. I know Allegri was my first choice, but he's gone back to Juventus now, hasn't he? I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah so- I think, Dan, I think you'll you'll make a very valid point about would Conte come to us. I'll open that mm-hmm. to you, uh, Richard, and then you, Andrew, because he doesn't tick the, the cronky mob. This is how I perceive a cronky interview, right? You sit down. And he goes, hello, okay, yes. You want on a job at Arsenal? Yes, right, okay. Well, first things first, you've got to have a bullet shield here because the fans are going to come for us occasionally and you've got to to be, Avenger done it and Arteta does it. You've got to be a shield for me. Are you willing to do that? Yes, great. How much is it going to cost to bring you in? You're cheap? Okay, you tick that box. Okay, you know, this is the kind of people, are you going to be, are you going to be knocking on my door asking for me to invest? Now, I think, I don't know who it was. I think it was you, Richard, maybe Andrew, mentioned that they have invested... The club has invested. We took a loan out from Barclays and that's where the money's likely is coming from for these signings. If you look at the tables, there was a league table that I showed recently. Actually, out of their back pocket, no, they haven't invested consistently. There has been a bit recently. But that's where the difference is between us and the, the sugar daddy clubs. But I do feel, I do feel as though the next manager does not fit the profile of Kroenke because I don't, you know, he was having arguments with uh, Abramovich. Am, am I right? Am I remembering that right, Richard? I'm sure he... I don't see Conti coming in and being tight-lipped and just saying, "I work with what I've got. I take the project, and I'm and I'm happy with that." No, I agree. I agree that Conte certainly doesn't fit the profile of a manager under Kroenke. Definitely not. You know, um, <clears throat> probably Emery with his um, sort of standing in the game at the time that he came to Arsenal is probably about the highest level of manager that they would look to get. I don't think that um, he gives Steve Bruce yeah, probably what we'll end up with. But, he wouldn't um, take a step down. He wouldn't step no, down. He probably wouldn't. <laughs> well, they're above us in the league, aren't they? So, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that Conte, a manager like Conte would even interest the Cronkies. I don't think he would because, as you said, he would be demanding more from them in terms of I want these players and I want this team because I, I'm here to win trophies and make the club successful because that's, that's what why I left Inter. That's why I left Inter because they had yeah, no ambition. Exactly. They were like, we need to yeah. sell players. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, Conte would be a fantastic manager and he would improve this team 100%. There's no doubt about that. But he isn't, I agree, he's not the sort of manager that we're likely to get. And unfortunately, um, Arteta was chosen, I believe, because... He was a rookie manager and he had no right to demand anything because he can't say, well, if you give me this, I'm going to bring you this because he had nothing to back that up with. So he was brought in because he, he knew the club because he'd played before. He was a safe bet in terms of, you know, um, after the Emery thing, getting someone who understands the club and that kind of thing, which that was one of Emery's biggest problems. But in terms of ambition, the, the club 
the owners of the club and the club itself don't seem to have any ambition whatsoever in improving us to make us competitive with with the likes of Chelsea and anybody else above us in the league. So I would like us to get, I, I believe at this moment in time, I'm getting to the point where I don't care if it's a Conte that we get or it's an Eddie Howe that we get. I don't care who it is because anybody I believe can get more out of this team than he can. Right. I believe almost any manager, an experienced manager that's managed in, at the top level, whether it's in the Premier League or a top league elsewhere, any manager at that, who's managed at the top level would get more out of this team than he can. So I'm going to be yeah. I'm going to say tongue in cheek here, right, because this jokes aside, this was this was suggested in my chat. I think it was last night on the match of the day. Watch along. St somebody literally said bring Big Sam in to, to keep us up with jokes aside. Right. And I'm going to talk about keeping us up in a minute. Richard, would you take Big Sam? Yes or no? Uh, tonight, probably I would, but then tomorrow I'd regret it. Um, <laughs> I would say, Andrew, but, Andrew, yeah. yeah, Andrew, let me come to you just on that. Um, in regards to I was nearly, I nearly stormed off the show, then to be perfectly honest, that's <laughs> I'm not being funny, but that's you know, below the belt, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, listen, just on, just on the whole staying up thing, right? Again, it's embarrassing to even talk about it, it's embarrassing to even have to ask you this. But I was looking at the league table the other day, right? I, I, and this isn't, and again, this isn't on the, this is not reactionary after Brentford. Like anybody can beat anybody in the Premier League on a given day, right? Playing a newly promoted team that have never been in the Premier League at home, fans back for the first time, Friday night, Friday the 13th. It was beautiful. All the ingredients are there for a big shock, although it weren't a shock to us, right? So it's completely not reactionary. But when I looked at that performance and I watched the other teams on match of the day and I watched them last night, I look at that lead table and I think I said 30, but somebody told me told me 40 points is roughly what you need to stay up. Yeah. I started, I, I was going through it and I'm going, right, where do we get 40 points? And then again, I, as stupid as it sounds, you know, you, you look at, let's just forget, you know, yes, we might get a, a point or maybe four out of Spurs, but given how we're playing at the moment, it's unlikely. The rest of the teams in the traditional big six, you don't, you can't, uh, you can't make a case that we're going to get anything out of those. You know, they've all improved. United are better this year. City are City, Chelsea are Chelsea, right? And Liverpool look like they're back. Then you start looking at our rivals, like your Newcastles. Um, you know, if we're talking about mid-table teams, I don't, when you just look at the numbers, I don't see where 40 points comes from. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm being like reactionary. Yeah, you are, because... you are, because at the end of the day, we were in terrible. Remember, just put yourself, transport yourself back to last November, last December, and how oh, yeah. utterly dismal it was. But have we improved? Well, we did in the second half of last season. So any talk of like going down is just ridiculous. But it's just not good enough, whatever. I mean, we shouldn't even have these conversations whatsoever. I mean, I'm not concerned about going down because we will turn things around at some point. And we went on a really good run after Christmas. We have to. So that's not going to happen. But I, I, to I, to I totally stand by with what I just said um, before. Because I wrote, I wrote a, an article um, a few weeks ago about the first 10 games and the fact that we had to, we just had to have 21 points after the first 10 games um, to stay on the leaders' coattails and show that we're actually moving somewhere, to show that we're moving in the right direction and show that, that Arteta is the man to take us forward and he's got the capabilities to take us forward. But that's just not going to happen. It really isn't mm -hmm. going to happen. And we can't just keep it dilly-dallying like we did with uh, Unai Emery, the couple of seasons ago where we just took so long it's the, the man looked like he just wanted to self-harm on the side of the pitch by the end because he was that depressed so mm. we cannot let it get to that stage so we've got to act fairly quickly now I, I genuinely think if we lose on Wednesday and or even if we just scrape past West Brom because he hasn't taken the, the tie seriously 
then we should just cut the cord then. It ain't, but the problem is, and I'm sorry to come on, but the problem is I just I cannot see it ever happening because of the money that he's been backed with during it's this true. They're not going to do it. I don't believe they'll so, do it because it makes no sense. Why would you so give him the go? whole window and then sack him? They won't. This is the problem. I mean, if I mm. if I if I got my way and we actually did get rid of him after Wednesday, I would look at someone just on a on a short term contract just to see, so we can actually properly get someone out of the job because we haven't got to look at people that are just available. We can look at any club's manager and take them. So forget about just who's available. That's not the right. We need to make the right choice as manager, whether they're employed or not. I would take someone like um, Chris Wilder who's out of a job at the moment, who did excellent things with Sheffield United, got them playing beautiful football. And look what he did in the first season. Yes, they had a terrible um, second season syndrome, but someone like him could stabilise the club and get them organised on the pitch and play good football just whilst we get the right manager in place. Things can happen. We don't have to just make the, the... the choice there and then we can actually put someone in because Chris Wilder ain't going to do any worse than Mikel Arteta I'm telling you now I think they would personally I think they would just chuck Mertzacker in and say just hold the fort until we sort someone out that's that's the problem because we'll just get further it's cheap it'll save money Chris Wilder is out of work he wouldn't cost a fortune he wouldn't Mm. cost a fortune anyway he's better than Big Sam Andrew is he better than Big Sam realistically is he better than Big Sam is he better than Big Sam football wise I just can't take crap football anymore I cannot take sitting down and watching Arsenal and being embarrassed about this play and being bored by the play and just feeling like I want to turn off. Do you see this? You see that button right there? People are pushing it. I'm telling you, that off button. Terry, I think, was in the chat earlier saying, I'm bored, I'm turning off. People are turning off because we've, like I said, copy and paste earlier. We've seen this story. Turn up, concede relatively early, heads drop, get to time, no changes. Second goal, around about the hour, 55 mark. And then that's it. We just, we give up and, and it's boring. It's yeah, boring. Exactly. That's why I would, I would take, I'll take someone like Chris Wilder over Big Sam any day of the week because of the way he plays football, the way he gets um, results from his teams. And, and I just, even if we lost every week, but we lost 3-2 because we're playing really, really good attacking football, I'd rather have that than someone like Big Sam coming for I'm oh, sorry, I nearly swore then, for God. I really need the other one. You can swear all we like, mate. We, we try and keep it relative. I, I do enough of uh, it, big mate. Big Sam. <laughs> no, I mean, if I, if I, I'll just give up. I'll just give up. Can I just clarify this, Andrew? You would rather lose 3-2 under Chris Wilder yeah, than so, 1-0 under Allardyce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's actually right. 1-0 under Allardyce. I want to watch good football. I'm sick to death of it. How long has it been now since we've watched good football at Arsenal? How long? Let, I tell you well, what. Let I me played, go. Last time we played. Let me let me put a name. Let me put a name in. Let me put a name in the chat. Let me bring you in, Dan. Right, Nuno at Spurs. Would you would you have took him at the beginning of the year, or would you have gone no fouled at Wolves? Not good enough. I, I can't say I'd be convinced by Nuno. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I couldn't. Tell, I'm not sure. I couldn't say. On because that he uh, Richard wasn't he? Um, weren't we? There was rumours we were talking to him when we brought Arteta in, wasn't it? There was, I think, there was like yeah. a couple of evenings where he was a favourite for the job. Yeah, no, there was. Yeah, I, I must admit, I was, I was all in favour of Nuno at that time because Wolves played were playing good football. They were doing pretty well, getting results. They were overachieving, really. And I think he would have been a good manager for us at that time. And subsequently, I still think he he would have been. You know, I mean, Tottenham have had a decent start to the season. Two wins, no goals conceded. Yeah, two 1-0 wins. But we used to love 1-0 wins, didn't we, back in the day? I, I quite love a few 1-0 wins now. 
if I'm honest. Mate, I'll take a one we, we draw. We can defend properly. That's what I want to see. And we're Arsenal. We've always been right. built on strong defence. We can't defend for shit now. It's going to be all over Twitter. Richard wants that big Sam at the Arsenal. I don't want big Sam. He was... He yeah, was, he was yeah, yeah, Is this I getting clipped? Yeah, oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm clipping it. No else does, mate. I'm clipping it. Yeah, let's let's do it. Listen, it's all it's all about. Listen, you can clip me talking about relegation because I, I, you know, I, I, I don't think it'll happen. I said on the stream earlier. Look, all I'm saying is I don't see where it's going to happen. But in my head, we can't get relegated. We're Arsenal. It don't happen. And somebody rightfully in the chat said, "Well, you tell that to Leeds." And I get that. No one's too big to go down. But uh, that'll be. We've got plenty of time in the season to worry about relegation. We're, we're two games in. We've got City next week. We've got the uh, we've got West Brom during the. Uh, the week and what's nice as well is and I, and I said this at the back end of last season not having Europe makes it bloody hard to to swallow a defeat or a poor result because the only way you get over a bad result is the next game right so normally we'd have a poor result we get to Thursday we'll beat some like Paco Raban, you know like Tottenham lost to or Ferrero Rocha or whatever they were called <laughs> and and then and then a couple of players will get a couple of goals we'll see a couple of youngsters maybe um, and you get a little bit of confidence for the weekend and you feel a bit positive. We don't have that now, do we? You've got that big gap. So at least we've got, we have got a game midweek this week, which we can focus on. Um, Dan, do you think that Arteta is going to put out, um, well, first strength? Or, you know, um, um, because do we do we have really, do we have enough depth to be able to say, do you know what? I'll put in, um, I think Ramsdale. I, I fully expect to see Ramsdale. Are we likely to... Um, you know, see some of the youngsters, or do you think Arteta realizes the pressure he's under and thinks I cannot risk it? I've got to put my best team out there and hope that it's enough because West Brom won't be a pushover. No, they were, they won't be a pushover at all. No, um, I think Arteta just has to get a win. I think he he needs to appease the fans in some way. We need a win. We need to get well stop um to try and get somewhat of a a feel good factor if he is going to be the man because again I said it from the start of the season. Um, we need to kick on and we need to be winning games this season. Or like we're seeing at the moment, fans will get on his back and will get on his back in a way which will eventually see him kicked out. So if there's any hope for Arteta having a future at the club, we need to get a win and we need to start that in all competitions. And like you guys have, have said, um, cup competitions is a way to appease fans, is is a um, is a is not a distraction as such, but we all know how much um, Arsenal, we love the FA Cup, Yellow Ribbon, the whole kind of field around the FA Cup and that's kind of our trophy and what that means for travelling fans. And last season, having been part of that, um, sorry, two seasons ago, having been part of the travelling fans going to, well, Leeds, um, Bournemouth and Portsmouth away, those kind of games, just to kind of feel around the um, the fan base, it's a real positivity and the buzz of we're going to Wembley. There, there's excitement there. And what he needs to do is he needs to take one of these cup competitions and make it his own. We've got, we don't have Europe to concentrate on, so we need to put um, we need to put our, all of our efforts into doing well in the league and also, I think, having um, a decent run or aiming to win one of these trophies. So um, I think we have to put out a fairly strong team. Like you said, I think there will be some rotation. I think the likes of Ramsdale will come in. We might see a Bamiang start to get him some minutes ahead of uh, City. Um, but I think we just need to put out a strong enough team to beat them. And West Brom, like you said, there will be no pushover. They've still got some high-quality players. Um and so, it, yeah, it'll be tough, but I think we do need to put our strong team and really try and win one of these competitions. I'd love to see us win the FA Cup and uh, move on. Yeah, I don't think you can, because the FA Cup doesn't start till January, so much can change between then, you know, like you, you can never really plan a run in the FA Cup because 
you know, players runs of form. You can get an injury here or there. And, and, and you know, we could be a completely different team in January than we are now, like last year, realistically. You know, we did start yeah. to see a completely different side of Arsenal. So here and now, you're completely right. I think the Carabao Cup or the League Cup needs to be uh, our focus. And, you know, if we get, if we get, you know, we get a big team in the third round, we do. So you just have to roll with it. But I think it's got to be full strength uh, for me, just like you say, just to get a little, just get a win. Because what, I mean, did we win any games pre season? We, we didn't, did we? We, well, not, not any of the official ones. We won the two behind closed doors to Mill and Watford 4 1. But yeah, I mean, so we haven't actually game. seen our team. We haven't seen our no. team win. And we certainly haven't seen our team score a goal for some time. Um, what, what does Arteta do, Richard? Do you think he is going to go big on, on Wednesday? It's Wednesday, isn't it? I mean, to be honest with you, I would play the strong team against West Brom and make changes against Man City because we're not going to beat Man City anyway. When was the last time we, we even didn't get turned over at the Etihad in the league? You know what I mean? We're not going to beat them anyway. So put our yeah. efforts into trying to win a trophy because we're not going to do anything in the league. Quite clearly, we, yeah. we haven't got the capability of doing anything in the league other than mid-table mediocrity yet again. So let's try and go out and win the League Cup. Yes, we've got a few problems in terms of injuries in the squad anyway, so we don't have much choice. But play the strongest fit team that we can on Wednesday. Let's hope we get through. And if then it means we have to rest a couple of players for, for uh, Saturday lunchtime against Man City, do that. Because that game to me, I don't really care about that game because we're not going to win it. There's absolutely no chance we will beat Man City at the Etihad. We won't even get a draw. We could play our strongest team available, which was the team we played today, maybe with a Bamiyang in it. We're not going to, you know, Chini might be out as well because he's injured. That, that team's not going to get a result against Man City. So let's go for a competition that we can win. Play the strong team on, on Wednesday, maybe put Ramsdale in goal, give him a debut. Um, and go for it on Wednesday. That's what I would do. And then on worry about Saturday's game after Wednesday. See, if if they're still fit and can play again, play the same team again if you have to. But if you have to make the changes, don't make them for West Brom and risk you're the only one of the only trophies you've got a chance of winning. Do not do that, Arteta, because if you do that and it backfires, you will be you will be signing. Well, we came unstuck with that earlier in the year with Southampton. He went weak against Southampton, yeah. underestimated him, and then we threw away our FA Cup that we you were know, in that's Europe. Well, we were in Europe then, and you could maybe understand the, the thought process behind it. Yeah, There's I'll, no reason now, though. No, absolutely no reason at all. Go strong go strong on Wednesday and then pick the team on Saturday that you've got available that can play. And it makes no difference yeah. because we are not probably realistically going to get a result in that game anyway. You know, So it's no point saving players for a game that we probably aren't going to get anything from. Save the, yeah. get, get the players playing in the game that we need to win because that keeps our season alive. Losing to Man City isn't going to make any difference to our season overall. Yes, three wins out of three is going to look bad, but ultimately that's not where we're going to be judged on results against Man City and Chelsea. As long as we pick up results against Norwich the week after at home, and then we get a result against Burnley away, they're the sort of teams that we need to be beating, and they're the teams that you want to look at those games and think, yes, we need to win them. We're not realistically... Anything we get from Man City is going to be down to luck more than anything else, because realistically we're not good enough. So West Brom is our priority now. I know it sounds stupid. The second round of the League Cup, we've not even been in that for like 26 years, right? We've not even been in the second round. And suddenly now that game's our biggest game that we've got in the opening month of the season. That's how far we've fallen with this coach yeah. and with these owners, right? The West Brom game is the most important game. I want to see us go strong and I want to see us win that game. And if we go strong and lose then I agree with Andrew. That's that's the end for Arteta. If he goes weak and loses, again, that's the end for Arteta. <laughs> so we have to win that game, don't we? There's a common so, theme here. <laughs> well, it is. We cannot afford to go out of this competition at the second round. 
stage because that no, hasn't happened since. No, we, we can't. We can't. It's, it'd, be, it'd be an absolute shambles. And we, we've suffered enough embarrassment as it is already. And, you know, um, I always roll out the line. Whenever things get really bad, I always make that joke. Oh, well, we could always be Spurs fans. But sometimes um, it's even hard to say that tongue in cheek at the moment because we are we are bad West Brom, West Brom are top of the championship, right? They were, you know, they've got, they got confidence. They're scoring goals. and So they're, they're two not... positions behind us then? They're yeah, two exactly. positions behind us. They are, and but the difference is they're playing with confidence. They're scoring goals, and yes, they're playing at a lower level. And you'd imagine they would with the players they've got. But if anyone thinks that Arsenal can put out a reserve team and, and win that game on Wednesday, they are living in cloud cuckoo land because that, you've seen our bench today. That, that that team wouldn't even finish halfway up the championship with that the, what we had on the bench yeah. today. That that's where we are. So we we yeah. can't take that game lightly on Wednesday because we will lose, and then yeah, be yeah, big at, trouble. At, yeah, uh, we had a we had a random. Thank you for the super chat, by the way. Yeah, buddy. Um, Sam Wenger back thoughts. Well, listen, that's probably not a debate uh, that's suitable for this chat, but I will touch on it because you have asked. I'll ask Andrew. Um, not, I don't, I'm not going to ask you. Would you take Wenger back? Because I'm fairly sure that we all probably agree that that, that then days are, are gone. Uh, I'd like to think, but um, in a in a director capacity or somebody in the boardroom who knows Arsenal's values. Um, how would you feel if, if if the club approached Wenger to come back? I don't see it personally, but how would you feel about that? I'd have him back in a heartbeat and I would have him back running the team at the moment. Because oh, you would? Oh, okay. I, I, I mean, at the okay, moment, so taken... hit, can you imagine what the work he would do with all the young players? How much how, how much mm. he would love working with these young players and Nicolas Pepe? I mean, mm. don't get me wrong when I say this, because I'm not comparing them skill-wise. and whatever. He would have Pepe playing like another um, Thierry Henry. Not as good, I'm saying. But he, Terry Henry was that type of player when we bought him. Raw. And he, he was turned very him. raw, wasn't he? Yeah, and he was a winger. And he turned him into this, you know, hybrid forward, cutting in, scoring goals. And what does Pepe do? Cutting in, scoring goals. He, he, he would looked love- good today, didn't he? I thought in the first half, there was a couple of runs. He looked like it. Yeah. But he saw a lot of yeah. hustle with, with not quite an end product. But I wouldn't always put that on him because sometimes he, no. he gets himself into positions, but the support's just not there. They're not, he they're not needs reading to play. each other. He needs to play closer to the goal, not on the wing, because yeah. he's one of our most deadly finishers on the ball. And anyway, that's another another story yeah. for another time. But anyway, yeah, I would take Wenger back in any capacity at the moment, to be perfectly honest. And um, the fact that he's not even been back to the stadium since he left is really heartbreaking, to be honest. Do you, um, think there's, but, um, do you think there's more to that, Andrew, um, in regards to the reason he's not been I, back I, to the club? Do you think that's his decision? Or do you think that it was yeah, sour grapes yeah. when he left? No, I think it's his decision. I think he's um, his his nose was put out of joint, and he was heartbroken. I think he was literally heartbroken yeah. when he left us. Um, but can I just touch on, on another thing that, that um, Richard said because he, he was right again. Of course, but we should. There's no reason not to go strong, full strength in every game this season. You know, as far as injuries permit us to. We've only got what a maximum of well, got thirty-eight games in the league, and how many games we're we're, we're going to last in the cups? That's it all this yeah. season. Our players should be able to manage that, and unless they're injured, go full strength for every game. I'm not having this, you know, rotation um, when when it's well, not needed. Well, we've had that excuse in a season we, like for this. years. Oh, players playing three times a week. Well, that can't be put to us now. Like these no, players exactly. are athletes, exactly. and at the prime of their, you know, especially the youngsters as well. There is no reason why one game a week should be absolute like they should better manage that without without a shadow of a doubt yeah absolutely i wouldn't accept that as an excuse at all this season if he doesn't go full strength on wednesday then he's an idiot because he's literally trying to fight for his job at the moment 
So if he yeah. doesn't see that he has to go through uh, this round and how dangerous it is if he if he doesn't, then he's an idiot. So if he's got to go full strength in every game as far as I'm concerned. And it doesn't mean that we rotate for the Man City game and just concede defeat again. Because we're Arsenal, we should always try and win the game. Um, the chances of us beating Man City are very, very slim. But if you don't go for it, then you're never been going to beat them. So of course yeah, you've got to you, go you, full you strength a great for point, them. Because the thing is, is though, is that it feels like at the moment and certainly for a long time we don't go for these games. Like I don't no. know about you, but when we went one 0 down, I was already, it was already, I was already beaten. Like as a fan, yeah. I was yeah. like, we ain't scoring two today. You know, I thought maybe we can nick a goal, but I thought the heads are going to drop and, and and exactly as expected, the heads dropped. Um, all that hustle, all of that sort of, you know, because it was like a five, 10 minute period where we started getting on top of Chelsea um, and it felt like we were growing into the game. And then, as I say, the goal was just a snap and, and, then, it, and then the situation all changed. I miss but, having shots. Um, I miss having shots at goal. Sorry. To yeah. Go. What do we have today? Was it like four shots or five, maybe something like that? I think it was. Um, just, I'll have to look at the stats, but it didn't feel like more. It's dreadful. How many? Uh, I mean, the, the more you shoot, the more chances it's got of, of getting a, a deflection and going in. I mean, we saw that happen mm. several times this weekend. I mean, I'd love to see you know double figure shots in games and just having a go and and really taking the handbrake off. Sorry to use that terrible phrase, but it was really relevant at the moment. Well, we I had think. six, but to put that in comparison, we had six. Chelsea had twenty two shots. You know, and it didn't, and actually, it didn't even feel like Chelsea were really pot shotting us. They were just creating opportunities, you know, but that goes to show the difference, doesn't it? Um, mm. You mentioned, Andrew, I'll come to you on this one, Dan, um, before we start to wrap it up. But uh, Andrew mentioned about Arteta's fighting for his job. I'm not sure that's necessarily true. I think he's fighting for his job in the eyes of the fan base, but I'm not sure that he feels any pressure from, in, from within the Emirates. I'm not sure. That although Josh was there today, I think that's just to, to save face, for want of a better phrase. He was just there to do his bit, and we'll probably see him same time next year. But do you really feel Arteta looks like a man who thinks his job's under threat? Because I said to you the other day, he maybe this week he's changed my mind, but it felt like he's kind of just accepted that he can't. Is his you know if, 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 if he started getting off a demeanor like he's just given up and. And, and that's it. But actually, I, I feel like this week he's come out a little bit more positive. But do you really think that he feels like his job's under threat? I don't think he feels he's fighting for his job. I think he's fighting for the fans' support and he's um, fighting for our backing. Um, and to be honest, I think the way things are going at the moment is just kind of slowly going, well, to the side of people are really starting to question him, which, again, which is fair enough, seeing as kind of, well, results haven't been good enough at this stage in the season, I guess, in some ways. Um, but no, well, I mean, we all kind of know quite a lot from what the noises that come out from like Ornstein and the Athletic within Arsenal is that he's like got the full backing of the Cronkies and they fall fully um, ex like are in support of him. And they let's let's be real, they wouldn't have spent 120. Well, I mean, not to say it's come out of their pocket, but they wouldn't have um, allowed sanctioned him. it, haven't they? Yeah, they wouldn't have still loaned it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They wouldn't have allowed him to handpick these these players who were his first choice. Odegaard was his first choice attacking midfielder. Um, but is that him, Is it Arteta or is it is it Edu? We don't well, really apparently, know. Apparently, do from what we hear, these were Arteta's first choice um, people to play in those positions. Ramsdale was his first choice goalkeeper. Ben White was his first choice um, defender. And he said that in his press conference. He said he when he was asked a question in his press conference, I don't, I don't know if you touched on it the other week, he was asked about Ben White and he said... Um, 
well, Ben White is... Um, they identified him, didn't they? He, he likes and his characteristics are stuff that um, he looks for in a set. But what about Buendia then? So was Buendia the... Was he the prime target, but we I just wouldn't... We wouldn't sanction the extra couple of million? I don't know about that one. From Well, again, you can only kind of say what you read and from what a lot of people have said, Odegaard was always the number one target and I guess you can only... You can only believe and speculate so much, but um, I don't know. I, I, you, you know Arteta rates Odegaard, and I think it's deeper than his just playing ability. It's his kind of general um, who he is as well and his media kind of presence and the way he, he can do that media kind of stuff. And he said he wants him to become an ambassador for the club. Um, so I think it's, I see, he sees Odegaard as deeper than just a player for Arsenal Football Club. Yeah, yeah, I think Odegaard is going to be uh, very key in our attack going forward. And we are, um, you know, although it doesn't feel like a fresh and sort of shiny new toy, as people often say, because he has already played for us. Um, you know, he's, he seems to be a confident young man. He looks like a player that wants to make an impact or wants to make a name for himself. And uh, time will tell whether he does at the Arsenal, um, you know, over, over the coming weeks and months. Um, just before we wrap it up, I'm just going to ask you give a quick prediction on West Brom. Albeit it's quite tricky because we don't know the lineup, but do we think we're actually going to get a win? Um, and then obviously just let everybody know, uh, each of you, because I know all of you guys have other projects and other channels, so just let the viewers know where they can find you. Uh, I'll go to you first, Richard. Um, in terms of West Brom, it's a must-win game, isn't it? You know, whatever happens, we have to win that game. And I do believe that we will... Possibly on penalties. I think the last time we played West Brom in the League Cup, I we forgot penalties. about penalties. Yeah, it doesn't go to a replay, does it? Oh, no, no it's, it's, it's penalties. So oh. I wouldn't. I don't even think there's extra time, is there? I think it's just straight to penalties at ninety minutes. So right. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to penalties. And you know, we've got a reasonably good record in penalty shootout. So um, I think we may well win on penalties. That would be my prediction. Now, yes, I agree with you. Without knowing the lineup at the moment, it's difficult to predict. But I think West Brom's priority is going to be promotion. How seriously are they going to take that game? Will they rest a load of players? Um, that might be something to think about as well. They've had a busy start to the season. There's a lot of games in the championship. Um, so I think we will win. But I'm going to say possibly on penalties. But we will go through. And then um, at least that's something we can celebrate, isn't it? Um, shall it'd, be nice it'd be nice to score a goal. Richard, it'd be nice to score a goal. It would be nice to score a goal. It would be really nice. And just, and nice just to see somebody graphic. perform. I've got a nice graphic for goals and I haven't been using them yet this season. So they've been getting oh, rusty no. back in the cupboard. So uh, we need well, a goal to just on that, Richard, uh, for those that are watching, I think most of the regulars are in or know you anyway. But if anybody watching on Catch Up who isn't familiar with you, where can they find you? Yeah, my channel's over and over and over again. Um, it did used to be called the Positive Arsenal channel, but it isn't anymore because there's little to be. I mean, it, I still try to put a positive kind of spin on things. You know, it's not all doom and gloom and moaning and moaning all the time. Um, but, you know, it, it's what it is. It's, 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 you know, videos on Arsenal, watch alongs, it's live shows like this. It's um, I do a lot of stuff on the history of the club as well because that's all we've got at the moment, isn't it? The great history that we've got. There's not much else to keep us, no, um, you know, keep us happy. So I do look at look look back on great moments in history, and not so great moments as well. So um, yeah, like you said, I've noticed a few people in the chat, Terry and people, Russ and stuff, are you know quite often in my channel. So it is over and over and over again on YouTube. So if you haven't checked it out, please do. That'd be great. And thanks again for having me on, Scott. It's always a pleasure to to work with you and to be on this channel. Great to see Andrew again as well, and and to meet Dan as well. We'll have to work together as well in the future. I hope as well. 
Brilliant. Thanks again, Richard. Thank you for coming on. And Andrew, fantastic debut on the channel, mate. Uh, sorry again, it was under awful circumstances, but I think realistic, we all knew that was going to be the case. Uh, loved having you on and no doubt I'd like to get you back on again and we'll be able to discuss some other topics and as the season season progresses. Um, for you. the benefit of those uh, where can uh, that are watching and aren't familiar with you, where can they find you? Yeah, my channel is called uh, From Dial. I think I was thinking for a second now. I thought it was going to slip out of my head. From Dial Square to Wear. Uh, we just started again for the new season. Uh, we do things like uh, we try and do you know quite keep it quite different, keep it quite light-hearted. We do things like my, Mesut Island Discs, which is my take on Desert Island Discs. Obviously, uh, Arsenal related. And uh, do quizzes. Let's get quizzical is another one, which is good. Oh, I'd have to um, check a quiz out. I like a quiz. I'm not good at them, but I like them. Yeah, no, you'd have to come and, and, and take part one day. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, but it's been great to be on. I uh, really enjoyed it. And can I do my West Brom prediction? Of course, yes. Oh, sorry, I forgot to ask you that. Yes, yes. That's all right. No worries. Uh, I was going to say penalties, actually. You're going to have to do something different now because <laughs> I was there at the last game when we won, won on penalties yeah. as well. Um, and I remember it. So I'm really tempted just, just to stay the same, but I think I will go just for something different and say 2-1, just to scrape a 2-1 then just for argument's sake. But I think it's going to be a lot harder than people think, and that's why I really want him to take it seriously and uh, yeah. not underestimate West Brom because they're going to do yeah. I mean, let's face it, was it, it was last season they got relegated, wasn't it? Hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they get. Listen, they're the boys. I'm getting, the I'm getting all confused because a lot every year, didn't they? One up, one down. That's all they exactly. do. Exactly. That's why boing yeah. boing baggies. So um, yeah, it's not yeah, exactly it. much difference in quality at the moment between the two of us. So we have got to keep it, uh, uh, you know, yeah. as, as tight as possible there. So yeah, I'll go for two one. And thank you again for having me on. And it's at from Dial Square on Twitter if you want to give us a follow. Yeah, make sure you do, guys. Um, I've got already in the description below, I believe I've got Dan and Andrews. I might not have Richards in there. I've done if I edit it in time because Richard was a bit of a last minute uh, stand-in for us. But I will have everybody's handles on Twitter down below so you can just click it, follow them and make sure you check out their uh, channels as well. Uh, and finally, uh, Dan, again, thank you for coming on, mate. Uh, it's been a bit of a tricky one today. I knew he was going to be under the cosh with the guests on because I knew, as I say, you know, you are one of the more positive Arteta fans, which is not bad. And this is, you know, it's all about uh, opinions and it's all about and nobody... Um, you know, nobody uh, will hold it against you for trying to be as optimistic as you can because we need people like that. We need people to be optimistic because if we're all miserable old gits like me, the world be a boring old place, I'm telling you now. So thank you for coming on, mate. Uh, where can people find you? Yeah, sure. So now, cheers, cheers for having me on again, mate. Always good. Um, yeah, so, <clears throat> excuse me, you can find me on Twitter at DanGeorge47 um, or um, we did do a video, like you said earlier, Scott, on my channel, um, Arsenal Vavil. So if you just go onto YouTube, type in Arsenal Vavil, we're the top uh, top on there. And if you watch our most recent video, we did a, um, a brilliant uh, episode of our, our series, which is My 1 to 11, where we get lots of kind of high-profile guests on, like yourself, Scott. Um, wow. And we did chat about... I didn't want to say high-profile, but, you know, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and we just we just chat, we chatted, we just reminiscent over the, the good times from back in the day and... Uh, yeah, so we um. Mate, I enjoyed that uh, that that hour yesterday chatting with you. Uh, I enjoyed that ten times more than I've enjoyed any of today's watch along. You know, because it's just good memories. You know, like you know, just just remembering players and what mm. they can do for the club, and remembering one of the reasons I fell in love with the club as well. You know, so I really enjoyed that one. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, for sure, man. So everyone, make sure to go check it out. It'll be um should be uh, on my channel. So make sure, go onto YouTube, type in Arsenal Babble, drop us a subscribe, and we'll um yeah enjoy the episode. But cheers, cheers for having me back on. And West Brom prediction. Oh, we'll, 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 we we spoke about the old time, so I'll go for an old time score. I'll go one 0 the Arsenal. 
one new Arsenal, mate. I take it all day long. And I think playing a team that are only two points below us in the football league, uh, two positions below us in the football league, uh, yeah, it's a real, uh, it's a real interesting one. Let's hope um, we don't play West Brom next year. Hopefully, we'll stay up and they they'll stay down. I'm a bit bored of seeing West Brom keep going up and down, but uh, we'll see. Uh, thank you to everybody that has tuned in. If you haven't already, do please subscribe to the channel below and drop a like while you're there as well. Uh, as far as the red cannon goes, we will be back tomorrow. I'll most likely be on tomorrow afternoon. Probably do a bit more of a deeper dive analysis on the game and give a bit more of my opinions on it once I've settled down. And uh, whatever overnight news we're going to get on the Arsenal, because you never truly know. Anything could come out overnight. Uh, and then following that, tomorrow night, I will be doing the phone-in show. Um, time to be confirmed. Um, not quite sure whether it's going to be six, seven, eight, something like that. Uh, if you are interested in coming on, make sure you stay tuned for that one. Uh, but I, I, I'm going to wrap it up. So thank you guys. Thank you guys again for being here. Thank you. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Cheers. Thank you for listening to From Dial Square to Air. Please help us grow by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and following the show on your preferred podcast platform. Please also visit our Facebook page, our Twitch channel and of course our YouTube channel. And whilst you are there, please subscribe and hit the notification button so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Please also press the like button on the video so we can get recommended by YouTube to other Arsenal fans all around the world. See you soon. Thank you.